Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Well, all right. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, I'm back in the home studio, which is nothing more than my home office, and um, was looking through some stuff. I've saved a whole bunch of media and stuff, and was looking through uh, lourockwell.com, and I found this really interesting article. It's kind of talking about the things that we've been talking about here on the program, and I thought I would read from it and expound on some of this, kind of add my two cents uh, to what we're looking at here. This is an article by name Gary Barnett. It was written today, September 5th, 2023, and it's called Western Civilization is Doomed to Aggressive Collapse and by Its Own Hand. So we've we've talked about this and you know one of the one of the things I've been kind of trying to express to the audience here is that there are no free lunches. Okay, there is nothing for free. There's, there are no, there, there's nothing but uh, individuals, individual liberty and resources that individuals use. And the question is, is how are they going to use them? How, how does that get allocated? And, you know, for decades, for centuries, really, uh, we've been living under kings. And then we had this experiment along the way called the United States. And the idea of the United States was self-government, as everybody knows. But at the, at the, at the core of self-government is government. And this kind of in lies the problem. Um, so this author, I, I'm just going to pick up here. He starts off talking about the root word of civilization and I'm not going to bore you with all that, so I'm just going to pick up here in the middle of the first paragraph, and it says, A so-called civil society today is what would be thought of as a mature, progressive, and non-barbarous state of superiority. And I just thought that was an interesting way. I mean, it sounds like he's described the United States, right? Um, we have this civil society that we all live in, and it's, it's mature, but it's progressive, right? We we allow all these quote unquote progressive ideas and we and we think of ourselves as non-barbarous and we think of ourselves as superior. I mean, look at the way we talk about the Uyghurs in China. Um, you know, I'm not even sure all the stuff that we hear about the Uyghurs in China is actually real. It's probably just propaganda like a lot of the other stuff we hear about around the globe. Um, but I I just think this, especially in the ruling class, there's this idea that, that we live in a progressive, you know, that, that government is, is there to be progressive. It's there to, uh, bring out the best in, in man, get the most superiority possible out of man. The, The most, um, man is there to be perfected and so on and so forth. He goes on to say, a common truth that should be recognized is that in order to be a citizen in the modern world, 
one must be considered secondary importance to the state or nation, and therefore a pawn or a slave of the state or nation. Now, most people don't think of themselves as slaves. But if you dig into this uh, more deeply, and we've talked about taxation, we've talked about property rights, and and uh, if you dig into this epistemologi- epistemologically, if that's such a word, um, what you'll find is that you, you have to come to a conclusion that you are a slave or an indentured servant. Now, even in the Soviet Union, people were allowed to have personal items. Um, and the way I kind of look at it is in the United States, are the allowable personal items or, or, you know, extend a little bit further than a toothbrush, a bar of soap, you know, your personal clothing, things like that. We get to have a little bit more property. But notice that the state is always our partner. They're always, we're always having to take a cut and give it to the state. You buy a car, you're going to pay six and a quarter percent tax and give it to the state. You got to pay the state every year for the purpose of, or for the privilege of owning that vehicle and driving on the roads. And you have to put a sticker on your car and you have to pay for tolls and you have to pay, you know, I'm not suggesting that we wouldn't pay for any of these without government, but at least it would be voluntary, right? I mean, I was talking to a friend today and we were talking about, man, you pay all these taxes for the roads, but then they also get tolls from you, you know, it's like, and then I heard, I don't know, 10 years ago or so that Harris County sold the, the rights to the toll road to some Arabian company or to Saudi Arabia or something. I don't, I don't know if that's actually the case, but you know, for like a lump sum, right? So they get a lump sum and then all the future revenues go to some other entity. What did they do with the lump sum? Who knows? But then they keep charging us the tolls and, you know, and the taxes and, and everything. All right, back to the article. I'm, I'm starting to ramble a little bit. The subject here is the fate of what is considered Western civilization. And why is it doomed not only to failure, but complete collapse as a political ruling force? In fairness, all civilizations eventually fail. And in my opinion, this is mainly due to the false belief that a a system of a top-down rule, restrictive laws, and completely concentrated coexistence is necessary for sustained survival. While the division of labor is extremely useful in many, if not all, aspects of modern life, total concentration of population is not mandatory for civilization to survive and prosper but it is the desired outcome by those who rule because it allows for easier control over the masses of common people who always far outnumber the ruling class and are therefore considered a continuous threat to their power. So, yeah, you know, to the extent that Western civilization is a marvel of existence, It's because of things like the division of labor, which has nothing to do with government, or the free market, which has nothing to do with government. And then somehow we've been duped into into believing that, um, well, we just wouldn't have, you know, 
a civil society. People would be running around stealing stuff from everybody and um, it would just be total chaos. It would be anarchy, you know, they're just without police and government to protect you. And what's interesting is look around now. <laughs> I mean, what do you see? You see gangs of thugs running into stores with their arms full of stolen gear. You know, normal people just sitting there scratching their head, looking at all of it as these thieves frantically storm out of the store with as much as they can carry. And what are the police doing about it? Nothing, nothing. So, you know, you can, you can start to see that as, as the civil society breaks down a little bit, you can, you can see that the very claims that they make, like the police are there to keep you safe or to keep order or what have you. These claims are just not based in any kind of reality. Um, what, what creates a civil society is civil individuals treating each other um, in the framework of property rights and um, not initiating violence and dealing with one another via contract and, and things of that nature. That's what creates a civil society, not the police, not senators and congressmen. This is just part of the mythology that, that we've all been taught to live under. Um, all right, let me move on. The West has claimed to be the most superior, most benevolent, most enlightened, and most powerful group of nation states for centuries. But it is coming apart at the seams so quickly that its influence and grip on the rest of the world could end in short order. But is that the designed plan, or is it due to outrageous arrogance, criminal excess, at every level of existence, devastation of the monetary and economic system, widespread brutal aggression, or all of the above. So this is, this is an interesting question um, because I hear people saying things like, wow, they're trying to destroy the country, you know. But I kind of tend to lean toward this is just the natural outcome of massive coercion and force. Yeah, there's a handful of people trying to direct um, society in a particular direction uh, for their benefit, uh, for sure. But I think what you're, what you're seeing is kind of truth and liberty end up prevailing. In other words, people start to recoil against the force that's being used against them. And, and I just don't think there's any way to really contain it, especially, uh, if it, if, if there's signs of corruption and, and the, the belief in that mythology starts to break down, people start to question it openly. And, and this is what you see. This is the result. You start to see chaos. You start to see massive corruption. You start to see, corruption of the law, the justice system, everything that you're seeing now. And I don't think it's intentional by the ruling class. I think it's just their desperate uh, attempt to hang on to power uh, in the face of more and more people coming to the reality that their power is, is not legitimate. 
And the illegitimacy of that power is what is what um, leads more and more to this chaos as they as they try to hang on to it, and society tries to rip it away from them. That's that's kind of what I think. I mean, yeah, sure, Bill Gates is an evil son of a bitch, and he's trying to he's got his own agenda to depopulate part of the earth, and you know try to kill people with his vaccines or, or, or make people live at least shorter lives with his vaccines. But this is just another thing that happens when, when you have a breakdown in uh, truth, a breakdown in justice. I mean, someone like Bill Gates in a, in a civil society where everybody treated everybody with respect would be investigated and would be brought to justice and would be tried and convicted and probably hung in the street. <laughs> I mean, but in this society where money buys influence and property rights are ignored and uh, individual liberty is abused, well, then someone like Bill, Kate, Bill Gates can navigate that, right? Because Man is corruptible, and, and he's got lots of money. He's got lots of corrupting dollars in his pockets with which to corrupt you know, his fellow man. And he does. That's what he does. So, but I, I think the, the larger picture is just you're having more and more people kind of recoil against this, this quote-unquote rule. So let me continue here with the article. He goes on to say, Western civilization is certainly on the brink of extinction. And the sought-after replacement is that of a technocratic world governing system run by the very few. It seems the further man supposedly advances, the more backward is his pretend progress. Certainly and positively in the U.S., intelligence levels and the ability to think critically have all but disappeared. This is in a time when Western society is claimed to be the most educated. In fact, the exact opposite is the case, as schooling in this country has caused mass ignorance and stupidity over generations, all by design. In order to control the people, the West decided long ago to purposely dumb down the common population and indoctrinate them to such an extent as to make impotent the idea of individual legitimate thought and any ability to question authority. This tactic by the state was so successful in its mission, uh, excuse me, this tactic by the state was successful in its mission, but also successful in creating its own demise. This is quite the irony, but then that is the way of the madness of humanity. This is what I'm talking about, you know, uh, especially this last sentence here, says this tactic uh, by the state was successful in its mission, but all successful in its creating its own demise. Yeah, so again, when people start to recognize that the very thing that they've been told is a lie and, 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 and people aren't really interested in their liberty or in fairness or in equality or any of these things that they say they're interested in, what they're interested in is controlling you and telling you what to do and taking more and more of your livelihood away from you so they can enrich themselves. And, and as that becomes more and more apparent, people, you know, they revolt against that. 
And, and I think that's what you're saying. And, and this is what this is talking about in this paragraph. He goes on to say, consider our current reality for a moment and then consider the outcome of this political experiment. This nation, although never totally free, was one of wonder for a good portion of its history. 170 years ago, nearly 100% literacy was common. Classical education was brilliant, and children were intelligent, driven, responsible, and grown up by the time they were in their mid-teens or before. Most all were entrepreneurs and understood moral principles, self-responsibility, and the importance of family. They based their lives on logic and reason, and due to these attitudes were incredibly valuable to the building of independent, honest, virtuous, and vital societies. If one is to compare that to today's population, an awakening should immediately occur. You know, I don't, I don't remember, when I read this, it, it makes me think of something, and I, I don't remember if I told this story on this show, but years ago when the kids were young, I used to take them out of school and take them on vacation because my, my family's originally from Dallas. And so during the, the school vacations, we would go to Dallas so they could spend time with their grandparents and their family, extended family, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I really didn't know that this was, uh, you know, I knew we had compulsory education, but at the time I didn't realize that, that they would actually drag you into court for taking your kids out of school. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, I got dragged into court and of course you can just imagine the contempt I had for that process. Um, they were, you know, they, they hauled me into this room and there was somebody from the DA, somebody from the school district, uh, the court clerk and me, and the DA wanted to know what the deal was. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, why are the kids not in school? And I said, well, I said, you know, I don't see how any of this is your business, but I'm just curious to see where this is going to go. So I'm going to play along. You know, I said, we pull them out of school to go on vacation. She said, well, why don't you pull them out or why don't you take them on vacation during the allotted time? And I said, well, again, none of your business, but I'm curious. So I'm going to play along. And I told her, well, my family's from Dallas and you know, we, I think it's important that the kids know who their grandparents are and their cousins and all this. And she said, well, why didn't you just notify the school that you were going to be taking the kids out of school? And I'm like, we did. We told the teachers. And then she turns to the school district representative and the representative has this huge file. And she says, did, did, did the Martins, you know, tell you they were going to be out of school? She rifles through that. She says, oh, yeah, right here. Mrs. Martin said that uh, they were taking the kids out of school and wanted to know if they needed any assignments to take with them. Well, then the DA kind of turned to the representative of the school district and said, well, hold on. Do you, you guys don't have any kind of provision for the parents to, you know, have an excused absence if, if the kids are going to be with their parents? And she said, no, we just dropped the law right into the the district policy and, and we, you know, we implement it. So then she got kind of, you know, she had this kind of contrition about her, but still with some authority, she said, well, Mr. Martin, you know, 
not all parents are as good as you and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I hope you can understand, you know, this, that, and the other. And I said, you know, I said, that's fine. Okay. Not all parents are as good as me or whatever. I said, but why are you hassling me? Why don't you go hassle them? (laughs) And then she, she said to me, um, well, you know, the state has this attendance policy because that's how the state funds the individual school districts and, you know, for, for the kids. And I said, well, look, I said, as far as I know, I pay my school taxes regardless of my kids go to school. So again, just because you have some screwed up funding system with the state, what does that have to do with me? You know, why am I here? I said, go, go fight the state. Don't fight me, you know? And anyway, long, you know, I told him, I said, you know, look, and this is kind of where I got a little bit preachy, but I said, you know, Hey, look, I said, I'm their mother. And I believe that school is important. You know, education is important. But I said, we also, we also feel like spending time with our family is important. And I said, and I'm trying to raise not only, you know, children that are smart and grow up to be independent adults, but also I'm trying to raise somebody that you might want to live next door to someday. And I said, I just really don't appreciate it at all being dragged in here, uh, you know, to be questioned about how I raise my children. And they just, man, they just did not know what to do with me. Long story short, I got fined anyway. But, uh, but boy, I made them, I bent their ear a lot over the, that whole thing. But this is kind of what this is talking about. It, it's like we've, you know, we've, we've basically ceded the quote-unquote education of our children to the state. And we're surprised that, you know, that this second paragraph or this next paragraph is actually the the result. And so he goes on to say, currently this country is in the midst of a complete and total mental breakdown of the masses in that they are not generally speaking responsible for themselves and are dependent on an evil and heinous government. The intellectual capabilities of the general population have descended into the realm of effective illiteracy of the majority Regardless of age, hate is the new norm accepted by the proletariat. Sexual perversion is in full view of all and promoted by the state. Theft, looting, property destruction, and and violence at every turn are openly ignored while being sanctioned by government and its complicit mouthpieces in the rotten media. Constant war is tolerated. The murdering military is lauded as heroes while ruthless while, excuse me, while truth tellers are shamed, threatened, ostracized, and in some cases eliminated. Reverse racism is rampant and applauded while society has become married to victimization as a way of life. Self-esteem, confidence, responsible behavior, empathy, and the drive to succeed have all but disappeared from view. Total government control, destruction of wealth of all but the super-rich, Blanket surveillance, lockdowns, ludicrous and immoral mandates, mass bioweapon tyranny, tremendous property theft, and the purposeful murder of innocents is routine and mostly ignored. Entire towns and cities are being intentionally destroyed 
thousands burned to death with microwave or directed energy weapons or by other atrocious means, while those affected clamor for even more government assistance instead of eliminating the criminal and murderous state that is at the heart of all of this barbarous madness. Wow. I mean, that is something this guy is saying, you know. I thought I was the only one that thought like this, but this guy is, I mean, pissed, I guess is a good way to say it. But yeah, you know, I mean, look at this. Look at, just look around. I mean, he has perfectly described our society. Um, in these, these, these vaccines, I mean, I don't think it's out of bounds to call that bioweapon. Um, you know, one of the things we're doing in Ukraine is kind of covering up our bioweapon activity over there. I mean, Victoria Newland said as much in front of Congress and she's within the government. <laughs> so I don't think it's a stretch or even an exaggeration what this guy's talking about. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a complete and utter, um, contempt for the people that our government supposedly is governing. I mean, they just we're it's like, we're not even there. It's like a giant walking through, you know, masses of people and just stomping on them. Like you'd stomp on an ant pile. It's, it's really something. All right, he goes on to say, the governing systems of Western societies have no intention and never have to free or protect the people. As, the only, as they only sought to, uh, by these evil ruling monsters, excuse me, as the only goal sought by these evil ruling monsters is power and control of all by brute force, lies, propaganda, and murder. Western civilization will be purposely relegated to the dustbin of history. The result being the swift and merciless destruction of life and all of societal cohesion. Without mass dissent and non-compliance, bogus climate change, currency destruction, digitization of all aspects of life, concentration of populations, famine, property theft, war, transhumanism will lead to even more perverse behavior. It is idiocy and mass indifference of the majority. Yeah, you know, this is, um, I don't know, man, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, he's basically saying there is no way to turn back from this trajectory without what he calls swift and merciless, oh, excuse me, uh, where does he say it here? Oh, without mass dissent and non-compliance. And that's, that's, that's what this show is about. This show is about trying to get people to understand that this system is not for you. It doesn't protect you. Hell, the Supreme Court has said as much. The state has no obligation to protect your life, your individual life. That's what the Supreme Court said. <laughs> well, what the hell is government for if it's not there to protect my life? Um, well, you know, the answer is there. It's, it's there to wield its power and control the masses so that a handful of people can enrich themselves and, uh, and live great lives while the rest of us struggle to survive every day. I mean, that's, that's the purpose of it. 
All right, let me wrap it up. There's a couple more paragraphs here. This will signal the end of an era and the beginning of a permanent hell on earth. This was caused by the masses of collective hordes ignoring their responsibility to themselves in favor of the expectation of total dependence instead of individual excellence. No one can hide from reality forever as it will eventually catch up and swallow you whole. Yeah, so what are you counting on? You know, we've talked about uh, Bastiat's famous essay, The Law, and he said, look, if you have laws that, that don't protect liberty and property, then those are perversions of the law. And you get, you get a situation where the few plunder the many or everybody plunders everybody. What this article is explaining is that we are at the stage where everybody is plundering everybody. Everybody is trying to live at the expense of their neighbor. Everybody wants what they want, but they want somebody else to pay for it. And they're okay with letting government be the agent for that, that theft. You know, we've talked about this before, but most people, most adults would agree that if I point a gun at you and say, give me your wallet, that's unacceptable in a free society, right? But it's what we've decided, this is what's crazy in our society, what we've decided collectively, I guess, I didn't decide this, but collectively I suppose we have decided this, is that it's okay to tell the state to go point a gun at you and take your wallet. Even though I can't do it, it's okay for me to vote for somebody that works for the government that is willing to do it. And that's... That's insane. That, that's, that's a type of uh, cognitive dissidence, you know, where you can't see that those are the same thing. But that's where we are today. And, um, like, you know, look, one of the things I want to do on this show is make sure people understand this kind of stuff. Make sure they, they open their eyes and see what, what's really happening in America. And it's not about... Can Joe Biden win or can Donald Trump win? I mean, this thing that both parties like to try to control is a disastrous evil. And it doesn't matter who runs it. It, it needs to be, I don't want to say it needs to be completely destroyed, but maybe it does. I mean, maybe it does need to be completely destroyed. It certainly needs to be mostly eliminated. I mean, we would be better off without a federal government and just go back to individual states and bring back the Articles of Confederation. That's really what we need to do. At least then we'll have states that we can somewhat control. I mean, the state of Texas is a big state, but maybe the people of the state of Texas can control it. But we damn sure can't control Washington. Um, it's just too far out of reach. All right, last, last paragraph. The state cannot rule successfully unless the people voluntarily allow it and choose to surrender to its obedience in a life of slavery. Only people who will accept and be convinced of the truth and have the courage to act on that truth can be of use to freedom. All others, those who do not want to know the truth, those who continue to cling to the state's false narratives 
and who seek a master should be absolutely avoided as they will never help or improve themselves and therefore will be of no value to those who seek real freedom. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to argue with that. Uh, and then the final sentence, violence is not necessary to destroy a civilization. Each civilization dies from indifference toward the unique values which created it. Well, we have that today. I mean, there's so many people indifferent to the ideas that I'm talking about on this show. They're just like, well, yeah, but what are you going to do? And I hear that all the time. Seth, you can't change it. What are you going to do? Well, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it can't persist this way. I mean, that should be obvious to everybody at this point. Now, for the longest time, I was like yelling in the wilderness, right? I mean, you know, 10 years ago, talking about this stuff, and people looked at me like I was insane. Now who's insane? <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way I think of it. But uh, I'm going to put this article in the show notes page. I thought it was really interesting and very timely. Uh, it's, it's, it's on lewrockwell.com. The title of the article is Western Civilization is Doomed to Aggressive Collapse. And by its own hand, by Gary D. Barnett, September 5th, 2023. All right, we're going to wrap up the show. Thank you for coming in. Appreciate you listening. Uh, share the show. Write a review. Help me, uh, help me expand the audience. That's essentially what we're trying to do here. The more people that hear these ideas that I, you know, I got to believe that there's a way to reach at least freedom loving people. I mean, like the article says, you're never going to reach people who don't care about freedom, who don't care about Liberty, who only care about power and political power. We're we're not going to reach those people anyway. But if we're going to have something when this is all over with, we're going to need a, a, a bunch of people that understand these principles and will, or will you know, be willing to honor them and to live with each other um, respectfully and voluntarily. We can't allow these, uh, the vacuum to be filled with the people that are running this country. We just can't afford to have that. We've got to have more people understand liberty and what it means to be free. Well, all right, that's it for me tonight. Peace.